Welcome to another episode of Paranormally Speaking. We are a week away from Halloween. Next Thursday will be trick-or-treat for many neighborhoods unless those areas have canceled trick-or-treat due to the ongoing pandemic, which I hope that's not the case. Uh, Need a win for the kids, if you know what I mean. Plus, we've purchased Halloween costumes for our children already. This week's episode, I will be dealing with demons, possession, and hell. I'll be talking about demonic influence, straight-up possession, the shortage of exorcists within the Catholic Church. There's oddly a shortage now. And also the strange demonic behavior and influence that seems to exist within the Kens and the Karens of the world. And I'm sure you've all seen the viral videos that people have captured of Karens behaving erratically, uh, lashing out. Uh, a lot of it's race-based, but there's something not right going on in their head. And I'm wondering today if it's demonic possession or just an entitlement issue. I'm Neil Parks. I'm your host for Paranormally Speaking. And please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. What a list I have compiled here of different demonic entities, names, locations, ages, uh, basic information of the types of demons, which I call the complete guide to demons in the underworld. One of the most common ways the types of demons are classified in the study of demonology is by domain. When types of demons are classified by their domain, the demons are attributed to a specific activity such as mortal sin, knowledge, questionable behavior that some people may be prone to, or certain misfortunes, sickness or addictions. Each demon within its domain has its tasks and abilities according to their authority, and each demon interacts with humanity in their own unique way. Uh, different uh, various ways that different types of demons have been classified by domain through the ages. Uh, the list that I have uh, of general demon names, if uh, that is what you're looking for, that of, that of course, uh, what is a demon to start off with? Before we get started... The definition of a demon according to Webster's Dictionary. A demon is an evil spirit or devil, especially one thought to possess a person or act as a tormentor in hell. Types of demons. It is important to note that all of these different classifications for the types of demons below are based upon the Western view that the demon is a fallen angel cast out of heaven by God. The devil or Satan will always be 
on the top of these hierarchies. Also, do not try at any time to communicate or summon a demon in any way, shape, or form. You will not have total control of these entities, and they are dark, ravenous beings that want nothing other than to consume your soul. Demons in the Testament of Solomon. King Solomon purportedly wrote one of the earliest works in Western culture, where types of demons are classified by domain. The Testament of Solomon, in this piece, King Solomon describes his interactions with Beelzebub and other demons who he enslaves to help build his temple. The book also contains numerous rituals and sigils that are still used today to conjure demons. Demons listed by Seleucus in the 11th century, Michael Seleucus attempted to classify types of demons by domain. The type of demons that Seleucus divided demons into were Imperial, which uh, fiery, Aerial, subterranean, Lucifugius, which is uh, hel hel heliophobic, uh, Equios, and Terrestrial. Demons listed by the seven deadly sins. Deadly sin number one, pride, the lantern of light, an anomalous English Lillard tract often attributed to Wycliffe, was also known, unknown at that time, a work that is now believed to be written by Wycliffe himself. The book categorized types of demons based upon the seven deadly sins. These types of demons that Wycliffe used would be later found in the books by John Taylor, the water poet. St. Catherine of Siena attacked by demons, deadly sin number one. Deadly sin one is demon Lucifer. Deadly sin number two is envy, Beelzebub. Number three, wrath, Satan. Number four of the deadly sins, sloth, which is Abaddon. Deadly sin number five, greed, which is Mammon. Number six, the deadly sin and the demon for gluttony is Belphegar. Number seven, the deadly sin of lust is Asmodeus. Spina's list of demons inspired by different legends and stories of his time, Alsfonios de Spina, in 1467, classified demons by incubi and succubi, demons that have sex with the living, demons of fate, otherwise known as the angel of death, wandering groups or armies of demons, otherwise known as legion, familiars, which are animal spirit guides for witches and warlocks who are considered personal demons. Druids, in German folklore, it is an evil spirit that causes nightmares. Cambions and other demons that are born from the union of a demon with a human being, which is also Nephilim. Mischievous demons, which are imps, worker demons. I've encountered many of those upon investigations. Demons that attack clergy. The exorcist is a prime example of that. Demons that entice people into the occult and witchcraft. Bensfield's types of demons. In The Prince of Hell by Peter Bensfield in 1589, different types of demons again are classified by the seven deadly sins. The only exception is that the names of the demons are slightly different than Lantern of Light. Number one, Lucifer is pride. Mammon is once again greed. Asmodeus is lust. Leviathan is envy. 
Beelzebub is gluttony, Satan is wrath, and Belphegor is sloth again. The King James Bible's version of demons. Several years prior to the King James Bible, in 1591, King James wrote, Demon Olagerg, Demon Olagerg separates demons into four types based on what that devil causes torture on the living and the dead. Spectra, in the modern world, referred to a haunting, spectra, or spirits of the dead that haunt places or objects. Obsession, ghosts or spirits that haunt people. Possession, demon or spirits that take over the actual body and soul of the living, and that only happens to the willing. Fairies, spirits or demons that give advice to the living. They commonly live within heavily wooded areas and places of enchantment like Ireland and Scotland. Types of demons, according to Michaelis, types of demons that Sebastian Michaelis has in his own book, The Admirable History, were given to him by the demon Berith. When he was exercising a nun, his classification system is based upon the sin the devil tempts the living to commit. First hierarchy, princes of fallen angels. Beelzebub, the demon that tempts men with pride, is opposed by St. Francis of Assisi. Leviathan, the demon attempts people to give into heresy and is opposed by St. Peter. Asmodeus, the demon that tempts men into wantonness, is opposed by St. John the Baptist. Berith, the demon who tempts men to commit murder, is opposed by St. Barnabas. Astaroth, the demon tempts men to be lazy, opposed by St. Bartholomew. Varine, the demon tempts men with impatience, and he is opposed by St. Dominique. Grizil, the demon tempts men with impurity, opposed by St. Bernard. Son Elan, the demon tempts men to hate, and he is opposed by St. Stephen. The second hierarchy, of course, demons of powers, dominions, and virtues. Cariou, the demon of powers, and is opposed by St. Vincent and Vincent Ferrer. Carnival, this demon tempts men to obscenity and shamelessness, and he is opposed by John the Evangelist. Oilet, the demon that tempts men to vow of poverty, is opposed by St. Martin. Rosier, a demon of dominions, this demon, he tempts men against sexual purity. He is opposed by St. Basil. Belias, a demon of virtues, this demon, he tempts men with arrogance and women to be vain, raise their children as, want, as wantons, and St. Francis de Paul opposes gossip during Mass. And there's a third hierarchy, and it's pretty much the same as the first and second hierarchy. Not a lot changes between those three variations. Now, the nine types of demons, according to Francis Barrett, in Francis Barrett's books, The Magus, uh, written in 1801, offered this, his classification for types of demons. Beelzebub, the keeper of false gods, demons of false idols and prophets. Pythias, spirit of lying, the demon of liars. This must be the demon that possesses Donald Trump. Belial, vessel of iniquity, demons of evil things. Asmodeus is the demon of wickedness. Satan is the imitator of miracles, the demon of witchcraft. He's the author of confusion, of course. Miriam, he has aerial powers, and also is the demon of pestilence.
Abaddon Furies is the demon of discord. Asteroth Calminators is the demon of inquisitors and fraudulent accusers. And Memon Malageni is the demon of tempters and ensnarers. And that is a list that I felt needed to be shared. It's kind of like a walk down the book of Genesis lesson for you today. This is exactly why they call me preacher when I'm at the Mothman Festival and various other conventions and festivals uh, doing lectures and speaking because I tie in a lot of spirituality and historical knowledge, uh, both world history and biblical history, into my teachings and what I write about and talk about. Thanks for hanging out with me this long. And now, a word from our sponsor. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. A court rules that a mansion's portal to hell is not a valid reason for the buyer backing out of the real estate deal. In Vancouver... A BC court has ruled that non-disclosure of the existence of a portal to hell on a property does not entitle the purchaser to a refund of their deposit if they choose to terminate the deal. The home inspection report clearly indicated the presence of a stable fissure in the space-time continuum leading to another plane of reality, Judge Julia Hammond said when making her ruling. Once made aware of the existence of such a fissure, the onus is the on the home buyer to determine the endpoints of all interdimensional portals before signing the closing documents. The BC Real Estate Association estimates that at least 30% of detached homes in Metro Vancouver and 10% of condos contain portals to other worlds, but approximately half of them lead to high fantasy realms and increase the value of the property. Portals to hell, or a... Uh, a niche feature, it's true, local re, uh, realtor Arnold Lee admitted. They're more popular than horror movie-loving millennials, but unfortunately tend to open when the wealthy make packs with demons and are therefore mostly found in expensive homes, which millennials can't afford anyway. So we're seeing a, a glut of very high-end homes with hell portals on the market. The buyer in this case... Lucy Prescott is furious with both the ruling and what she says are the deceptive circumstances that led to her purchase of the home. There was clearly a cover-up going on during the showings to mislead buyers like me. There was no wailing. There were no screams. There was no oppressive sense of existential dread and physical terror coupled with pseudo-sexual thrill at the idea of living beyond the judgment of God. This was real estate fraud, plain and simple. The BCREA has tips on their website for home buyers looking to avoid purchasing property with an unwanted portal to hell, including asking if there is a portal to hell on the property. Hello, kids and adults and the listening audience. I'm Neil Parks, award-winning author and paranormal expert. I'd like to wish all of you a very happy Halloween. 
You are listening to Big Bad Daddy Wolf's Halloween special on 96.6 The Wolf. If you'd like to learn more about me, then you need to get to Google and search at The Neil Parks or my bookstore website, which is www.lulu.com slash spotlight slash Neil Parks. Thanks. An experienced and well-respected psychiatrist claims that demons are real and they are very, very nasty. After working seven years in one of the largest psychiatric hospitals in the world, 18 years in the psych department of a large state prison, two years in the largest mental health center in the city, and over 11 years working in hospital ERs dealing with psych crises, he has seen things that fly in the face of both reason and his academic training. After what he experienced on the front lines, he has no doubt that demons exist. He has both seen and spoken to them, and they are very nasty. The voices of schizophrenics hear, the voices that they hear, are not always hallucinations. Many times, as psychiatry maintains, many times, the psychiatrist insists that if you give these so-called hallucinations any attention, such as questioning patients about their nature, you are making these patients worse, according to experts. Ignoring their demands to not query these patients. Now, this psychiatrist found that the voices that some schizophrenics hear run well-defined and predictable and destructive patterns, very different from common hallucinations. Once these hallucinations become aware that he was providing information to these patients that would weaken the voices, he became both a threat and a target to them. It became clear that what psychiatry insisted was merely hallucinations were not always the case, but being aware of what was going on around them. In one case, a patient that he had never seen before reported his voices warned him to stay away from him the minute he walked into the emergency room. Providing people with knowledge of the existence of this menace and how they manifest in our lives is last thing these demonic entities desire. They want to go on believe, you believing that in this age of science, demons are fictional. A maniacal throwback to medieval and prehistoric days. Tales of the uneducated. They are thrilled that you ignore the 23 or more times Jesus mentioned in the New Testament casting out demons. And even more pleased when you view the Bible, both Old and New Testament, is irrelevant to this issue. They prefer you to believe that science is just that, and God is dead, and demons don't exist. The Christian and the Hebrew faith speaks very heavily about the dangers of demonic forces, about our battles on earth will not be against physical entities, but against the supernatural, the unknown, the unseen, the spiritually damning. It's so much easier for these evil entities go about their destructive work in stealth when their existence is denied by the millions of upon whom they prey. Like a tapeworm whose victim is ignorant of its presence. They don't want you to know they exist. This isn't about religion. This is about understanding that spirits exist and that evil spirits fear love and certain phrases from biblical text as well as the, cor the or horror. 
the information that upsets them the most is to which they react the strongest is your becoming aware that they feed off of you. They really hate when you learn their names. They drain and steal your life energy. In order to do this, they must first turn your emotional state negative. It is only negative emotional energy that sustains them. Look at the state of the world today and their negative influence and the production of negative emotional energy becomes very clear. They want no interference with their food source, that being us. They don't want you to have a family or friends or for you to be educated about how to interfere with their attacks. They want you isolated and alone. They hate when you go to church or read the Bible or any spiritual scripture for that matter and will attempt to convince you that these activities are boring and fruitless. They do this in a manner least suspected by inserting ideas in your head and then attempting to convince you to believe and act on them. Often your own detriment, this is their way. Being aware that demons really do exist is the first step toward countering and eliminating their negative influences on your life. If you look back upon your life, you will see that when you get into a negative funk, your energy disappears. You can't get anything done. No one ever questions where their energy reserve has gone. Many schizophrenic patients reported they can actually feel their energy leave when they are attacked by their demonic voices. Despite the one-to-one -one correlation between the appearance of the voices and their energy disappearing, they are not permitted awareness of this connection. Who do these demons attack and why do they do it? They attack anyone and everyone who unwittingly allows it. They've been known to enter into people experimenting with Ouija boards, EVP, and playing around with satanic rituals and satanic literature. Victims of severe physical, emotional, or sexual abuse are prime targets. They are already primed to feel bad about themselves. Extreme cases of attacks are labeled paranoid schizophrenia by psychiatric community. But everyday common people like you and I are subject to attack too. You need to know that being attacked does not mean you are crazy. It does not mean you are mentally ill. There's no malfunction of the brain. Saying otherwise would be like saying that robbery or rape victims are mentally ill. They were attacked and so were you. Why do they drain people's energy? The negative energy produced by negative emotion is their food source. If they can get you to generate negative feelings, it is that negative emotion upon which they feast. It may sound bizarre, but it is absolutely true. It is the reason vampire movies subsequently shake us to our core. Subconsciously, of course. These entities are energy vampires. A really good question is, how are these demons able to do these things? They get you to generate negative emotion for their consumption by inserting negative, guilt-ridden, fearful, or distressing thoughts into your mind, then urging you to believe and respond to those thoughts as if they are true. They are sly, and they use trickery and lies to manipulate you into hearing, sensing, or feeling something troublesome or fearful. False evidence appearing real. Evidence of their activity becomes clear to the average person when an unwelcome intrusive thought barges into your mind. A thought so repulsive that on your own you would never have come up with such ugliness and you certainly have no intention of acting on it. You intuitively feel that such a thought is wrong. 
not yours and does not belong in your mind. So think about this. If you're not, if it's not your intention to bring up such a thought, entertain or act upon it, then where did it originate? If it's not you and doesn't belong in your head, then it has come from outside of you. You may ask yourself, are people helpless against this? Not at all. You are not helpless against these things, but you do need to get your head out of the sand, realize they exist, and get to know how your enemy operates. There are many things you can do to fight back and eventually reach a point where you can live your life without their interference and attacks. If things are constantly going wrong in your life, there is a high probability that you are under spiritual attack. The most important thing is they absolutely do not want you to know is that they can invade your mind and are energy parasites feeding off of your life energy like a tapeworm absorbs food passing through your intestines. These entities need negative emotional energy to survive. They are successful when you assume their thought implants belong to you and are your thoughts. They will tell you they are your own thoughts once you become aware of this parasite enemy and the game it plays. You don't have to buy into anything that is not from you. You are higher spiritual source. This is not a physical war, it's a spiritual one, and it's as serious as it gets. It may surprise you to know that these parasites have complete access to your memory. In the case of one patient, for this doctor, they brought up guilt-ridden behavior that she had forgotten for years. They can and will find the most negative and guilt-provoking incidences they can find in your mind and bring them to your awareness. Then they continue to rub your transgressions in your face as long as you don't forgive yourself and continue to generate negative emotion. All negative thoughts they insert into your mind about yourself are custom designed to make you feel guilty, angry, worthless, helpless, and hopeless. Remember the times you've obsessed over past transgressions and just couldn't get something you'd done wrong out of your mind? If only I had not done that, said that, things would be different. If only I could take that back, life would be better. If only I'd been there, that would not have happened. This is them at work. The longer they can keep beating you up and allowing you to beat yourself up, the more negative energy you generate and the larger the feast you provide for these parasites. They then use your own life energy against you, fostering conflict and turmoil and insisting others can't be trusted. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Well, there appears to be a shortage of exorcists within the Catholic Church. Uh, in fact, there was a recent calling from priests on the Catholic Church to appoint more exorcists. Father Pat Collins told the Irish Catholic newspaper demand for exorcism services had risen exponentially in recent years. 
a renowned Irish exorcist and priest, has called on the Catholic Church to appoint more exorcists. Father Pat Collins, Dublin-based priest, said the church needed at least one trained exorcist for each diocese as he gets messages daily from people looking for his help. The priest said the Catholic Church was out of touch with reality as they are sending sufferers of possession to psychologists instead of performing rituals. Father Collins told the Irish Catholic newspaper demand for exorcism services had risen in recent years. What I'm finding out desperately is people who, in their own minds, believe rightly or wrongly that they are being afflicted by an evil spirit, said Father Collins. I think in many cases, they wrongly think it. But when they turn to the church, the church doesn't know what to do with them, and they refer them on or either to a psychologist or somebody that they've heard of that is interested in this form of ministry. And they do fall between the cracks and are often not helped at all. The Catholic Communications Office has previously said the church did require that each Irish diocese have a trained exorcist, someone who knows how to distinguish the signs of demonic possession from those of mental or physical illnesses. In 2011, the Catholic Church warned that a surge of Satanism facilitated by the Internet had led to a sharp rise in the demand for exorcism, and a six-day conference was held on the subject, which took place in Rome, Italy. And here's my son and I talking about cursed and haunted movies. The original Exorcist from 1973. This is not a sequel or the prequel, but the original. Reports of audiences fainting and vomiting were a common occurrence during the release of William Friedkin's chilling tale of a young girl possessed by the devil, The Exorcist. The movie made national news when a 16th century church across the street from the theater where the film premiered was struck by lightning, causing the cross to fall to the ground. Actor Jack McGrowan played the doomed director in the film, Burke Dennings, and succumbed to the flu shortly after filming wrapped. There are at least eight other deaths associated with the production. The set for the McNeil home burned down in a studio fire, but Reagan's Linda Blair room was supposedly untouched by the blaze. That sounds very haunting, very enchanting, in fact. Um, I don't know if you remember stories of the during the filming of The Passion of the Christ, but Jim Caviezel, who played Jesus Christ, was actually struck by lightning twice during the crucifixion scene when he was mounted on the cross. Were you aware of that? Yes, I knew what happened there. And he was actually 33 during the filming of this, which had him really spooked since Jesus Christ himself in the flesh died at the age of 33. So that was haunting in itself. And this is The Exorcism of Emily Rose from 2005. Dexter star Jennifer Carpenter reported that during the making of The Exorcism of Emily Rose, in which she played a big-screen version of German woman Annalise Michael, whose poor health and subsequent death were blamed on a failed exorcism, her radio would mysteriously turn on and off from an interview with Dread Central. A common question when making a film like this, did anything weird happen during filming? She was asked. I thought about it when it happened, and two or three times when I was going to sleep, my radio came on by itself. The only time it scared me was once because it was really loud and it was Pearl Jam's Alive. Laura's TV came on a couple of times, she replied. At 3 a.m., they inquired. 
Mine wasn't 3 a.m. I was born at 3 a.m., but it hasn't happened to me. I did check, she replied again. Available to order now. My first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Monster.fandom.com. That's monster.fandom.com. Well, it's that time again. Sorry the show has come to an end, for the week anyway. I'm out of stuff to talk about. I've run over a little bit on my designated time set for my podcast because I don't like to go over for too long. Generally speaking, you can keep an audience's attention captured for a good 20 minutes or so. So I try to keep it interesting. Join me again next week when I talk about more weird stuff, share some crazy stories, and focus heavily on the week leading up to Halloween, because it is upon us. Next Thursday will be trick-or-treat for some places. Hopefully you get to enjoy it and get to celebrate it. Otherwise, if you can't go trick-or-treating because of this pandemic, just hide some candy in your house, have your kids still dress up, look for it, make it like Easter. Hide some candy in a big, giant plastic apple or pumpkin or something and then hide them throughout the house have your kids dress in costume and look for them it would be fun and safe have a great weekend thank you so much for sitting through all of this with me and take care of yourself and be good to each other neil park signing off